Can we turn the Bibles to the book of Luke chapter 7, please? Luke chapter 7, the verses 23, please. And he reads, And blessed is whosoever shall not be offended in me. And what? Blessed is whosoever shall not be offended in me. Today, I must say that we live in a world that many people are not experiencing what Jesus is talking about here. In what sense? In the sense that many people are frustrated. They are not experiencing the peace. They are not settled in their hearts, in their minds. They move from one church to the other, one ministry to another. They are looking for some kind of ministry that will suit their own predilections. A ministry that will just suit their historical background, that will suit their cultural background. Something that appeals to their own understanding of the world or their view of the world or, or what the media has presented as supposed to be. You, you understand that the media, the, the, the media that doesn't know God, I'm talking about the media that doesn't know God, that doesn't know God, tries to give the world an idea of who God is. I just want to give a picture of how ridiculous the idea is. That we live in a world and we've got a media that tries to give you a presentation of who God is supposed to be. They also give you an idea of what a church is meant to be. The church is meant to be like this. God is like this. Meanwhile, they've got no idea, no clue who God is and what God is like and what God wants. Have no clue. God have mercy. So there are people who are seeking to find something, you know, that takes their feelings, that goes their way, the, the way they view the world. They're looking for something, some kind of service. But they're not finding it. What am I saying this morning? What I'm saying this morning in, in plain English is, is, is this. In every country, The government or the, yep, the government has a responsibility towards the people. And this responsibility towards the people is often um, is op is often served through the various agencies that are given, that are offered in the country. 
So they have some services, service agencies here, service agencies there. So their responsibility, they fulfill their responsibility through these service agencies that are situated in different parts of the country. And if you want to get any service from the government or from the country, you go to these service agencies and you, and you receive your services. The kingdom of God is like that. The kingdom of God also has service agencies. These service agencies, we call them ministries. God seeks to bless his citizens, his, his people. But God blesses his people through the service agencies. So in the kingdom of God, God blesses his people through the service agencies or the ministries that he gives out. But for me, or for you and me, or, or for us, to be blessed, because that's God's intention, to bless us through, through, through that. But for us to be blessed, we need to be able to accept these ministries. But if we don't, then we've got problems. And sometimes the reasons we don't is because of our own predilections, background, historical issues, uh, he, he, historical and, and cultural backgrounds, where we grew up, our friends, what our friends say, what our family say, what our neighborhood says. So if you're going to depend upon what a family is saying, what a friends are saying, what the media is saying, what people around you are saying, then you're going to deny yourself the ministries, the service agents that God has made available. Because if you are looking for God to come physically as spirit, you know, God is spirit. Spirit means unseen, un can't touch it. If you're waiting for God to come as God, spirit, and, and, and in the night, you know, speak to you with some voice and you know that this is God, then you're going to miss it. And you're waiting to come out and see some star, you know, like the star that guided the, the Magi to find Jesus. If you're looking for that kind of thing, even that is still physical. To God in this Luke 7, 18 to 20, uh, 35, teaches us how we are to assess the various service agencies or the ministries or the services that, that he has available in his kingdom so that we are not stuck. Because the problem is that oftentimes we get stuck in one era and can't move on. Or some cultural settings. Or something that we like. But any ministry, let me say that any minute, if you're looking for a ministry, that just goes according to the way you think. Very much, that ministry will not be God's ministry. It will be a man-made ministry. Because God's ministries, the services that God gives out, functions differently. And we must embrace it. In Luke 7, the verses 
19, uh, sorry, the verse 18. We are informed, come with me please, if you got your Bible, and please have, have your notebooks and have your pens, so you can un underline some things and you can, you know, write some things down. It's very important that you do that. So when you go back, you have something to fall upon. Or, or make notes. I know that the, the videos are there, which I will encourage you to listen to. It's not good to just hear it once. Some of the things that have been preached, I, I want to encourage you. Go back to those videos. They are on the website. Go back to, to them or go to YouTube and then type the, the ch church's name there and try and listen to them over and over again in your own time. It will bless you. Right. In verse 18, we are told that the disciples of John showed him of all these things, of all these things, of what things? Of all these things. These, what kind of things? Of course, he is talking specifically the things that Christ has done, which we have seen in verse, verses 1 up to verses 10 and from 11 up to verses 17. What are they? They are these. Jesus has healed the servant of a centurion. You remember that story? And the centurion was a Gentile. Not a Jew, Gentile. Jesus has healed this, uh, this, this soldier's servant by his word. Secondly, in the town, in the village of Nain, he touched a beer. Basically a, a mat or a bed that was being carried by people who were going to bury the only son, child of a, of a widow. And brought the, the boy back to life. Or the man back to life. These things they tell John. Who at the moment is in prison. For speaking out against the king. When they tell him. John's response in verse 19. Have a look. Please come with me. Have a look. John calling unto him, two of his disciples sent them to Jesus, saying, this is the question that John is asking. Are thou he that should come? Or look we for another? When the disciples come to Jesus in verse 20, watch what they ask. Very obedient disciples, they asked exactly what John asked them. They didn't add anything to it. Good example of a student. Right? They ask, verse 20, John Baptist, hallelujah, John Baptist. Like, the Baptist has become his surname now. John Baptist has sent us unto you, unto thee, saying, Are thou he that should come, or look we for another? Are thou he, are you the one supposed to come? Or are we to look for another? 
This is the question. Isn't that interesting? And that is exactly what Luke wants us to see something and we need to see it. If we don't see it, we miss the whole point of the passage. What Luke is saying is that they came to tell John about all the things that Jesus has done. Healing of the sick. A Gentile sick person healed. And the raising of a dead body by touching the, the whatever, the, the stretcher and healing and, and bringing the boy back, bringing the man back to life. And John is asking, are you the one to come? Or are we to look for another? What does he mean by are you the one to come? Come with me to Matthew chapter 3, please. Matthew 3. In Matthew 3, when John Baptist begins to preach, the thing that he says are these. In Matthew 3 and the 11th verse. In the 11th verse, he records, he says, Indeed, that's this, this is John speaking, Indeed, sorry, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me, he that cometh after me, is mightier than I am. Okay? He's mightier than I am. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. So John had earlier on spoken that there is someone coming after him. So when he asked, are you the one? <laughs> so when he asked, are thou he that should come? He was talking about the one he's already told the whole world is coming. Are you that one? Or are we meant to look for another person? That is a question. But why is Luke presenting this information before us? And when you come to the verse 20, sorry, the verse 21, the scripture says, when the disciples came, the disciples of John came to Jesus and they asked that question, in that very hour, in that same hour, something was happening. What was happening? What was happening was that Jesus was curing many people. <laughs> the very thing John is inquiring about, when they came, he was still in the act of doing it. So if it, if it was a hearsay, now these people that John sent now have become eyewitnesses. So not only have they heard, so when they're going to go back to Jesus, you see, John trusted Jesus. Okay? Are you the one to come? He trusted Jesus to tell him the truth. And he trusted the disciples to communicate truth. But here they come, they don't only hear from Jesus' mouth, they see. 
what, 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 what did they see? They see that many people were cured or healed of their diseases, infirmities, diseases, and their plagues. What was ailing them? Evil spirits were being cast out of people. And guess what? The blind were also seen. They saw these things. Hallelujah. They saw these things and then Jesus adds to that. He adds to that in the verse 22. He says, I, I love Jesus. He did not say, but why is John asking me this? And if, if, it were, if, it were, if it were you and me, what would you have said? But why is John asking that? Doesn't John know who I am? You are lying. John hasn't sent you. Jesus doesn't go into all that. He goes straight away to business. And he says, Go your way and tell John. Go and tell John what? The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead raised. The poor have the gospel preached unto them. I call them the BLLDDP. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers cleanse. Death here, dead raised, poor have the gospel preached unto them. Hallelujah. And then he adds, blessed is whosoever. Remember the, the he there is in italics, so that means it's not really, really, really there. So blessed is whosoever, meaning anyone who is not offended in me. Hallelujah. You see, some people say John the Baptist was expecting Jesus to, to come and deliver him from prison. And because Jesus Christ did not do that, he had become offended. Hmm. But is, is John the Baptist that kind of man? Remember, he's in prison for speaking against the king. Other people also say, well, John had, a, John had a spirit, you know, of God upon him. But then when he was put in prison, he lost the spirit. So now he's really has lost the spirit. So that's the reason why he's now become carnal and he's asking these kind of questions. But we, see, we don't see anything, we don't see, we don't have anything in scripture to, to support this kind of ideas. We don't have that. We don't have that. We don't have that. But we can understand, hallelujah, we can understand where John is coming from. If we understand John's statement in Matthew 3, 11 and 12, in Mark 1, 7 and 8, and in John as well. All the John's one is a bit different. John 1, 15 is, 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 is a bit different. But in Matthew 11 verse 12, 
Matthew tells us, or he says that John Baptist said there's someone coming after him. The person coming after him is number one, greater than him. Two, he will baptize with the Holy Ghost from fire, with fire. Then it's, the Spirit will come from above, will baptize them, and will cleanse people to live holy lives. And then he goes on in verse 12. He says, he will thoroughly purge his floor. Can you see that? Hello? He will thoroughly purge his floor. That is, he will clean the floor. Purge, he will make things clean. Still talking about separation. Right? From filthiness. And gather his wheat. He'll gather what? Wheat. Wheat, if you're a good Bible student, you understand that wheat represents the real thing. The real McCoy, the real thing. Not tares. Tares are fake, but wheat are real. So he will gather the wheat, the good ones, the righteous ones. Praise God. Hallelujah. He will gather the righteous people. But, what would he do next? And he will burn the chaff. Burn the chaff with unquenchable fire. That means the chaff. There. The loose things. The husks. The fakes. The pseudos. The false. The unreal ones. The ones that are not genuine. The ones that are fake. He will burn them. He will gather the wheat, the real ones, the righteous ones, the people of God, but then the fakes, he will burn them. That means it's the one who is coming, his ministry is about separating the wheat from the tares. It's about bringing holiness, righteousness, justice. Get the perspective of John now? Okay, let's build up. Let's build up. Let me not jump the horse. Let's build up. So John is, pink, is painting a picture of a person who is coming. This person is going to be like that. Then, Jesus asks the people, after the disciples go away, right? Stay with me with that thought about the picture John, John Baptist paints, uh, 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 paints about the one who is coming after him. Keep that thought in mind, right? Hold that thought. I'll come to that. Keep it. Are you keeping it? Keep it, right? In 24, right? In 24, when the messengers of John go away from them, Jesus does something also, here again, unique. 
You know, most people, when the messengers go away, they'll begin to, you know, talk about, you know, that, that man. You see? You guys thought he was a prophet. You see? He doesn't know anything. Jesus Christ doesn't do that. Listen to what he says about John. He says, What one year out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaking with the wind, with the wind? But what one year out for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, they which are gorgeously, gorgeously appareled and, and live delicately are in king's courts. But what one year out to see? A, a prophet? Yes, I say unto you, and much more than a prophet. Christ Jesus exalts the man. He does not discredit John. If it was, if it was most people who have been asked in public a question like that, when the messengers go away, they will make sure that they make that, paint that man black. Said, you see, that man, he doesn't even know who I am. And he says he's a prophet. This guy doesn't do that. Because that, was not, that is not the focus of Luke at all. Jesus Christ asked them, who did you go out to see? Did you go out to see a reed blown about by the wind? What does Christ mean by that? A reed, what's a reed? A reed is a tall, thin, leafy plant or weed. Which in the field, when the wind is blowing, it blows that way or it blows that way. So basically, a reed, when the wind blows, it goes whichever direction the wind is blowing. Indicating lack of stability. Indicating inconsistency. Indicating a person who is subject to the whims and caprice of the things around him. Indicating a person who is subject to media coverage. When the media says this, he says that. When the media turns and says that, he says that. A person who is not stable. A person who has got no conviction of himself. But just goes by popular opinion. When the popular pool says this, they also go that way. When the mass media says that, they go that way. Say, Did you go out to see a reed blown by the wind? Or did you go out to see a man clothed in, you know, soft clothing? Interestingly, Jesus does not tell us about the reed, but he gives us an answer to the second question, which is no. But actually, both questions, the answer is no. We did not go out to see a reed, a man who is not certain about what he's saying. We also didn't go to meet a man who was gorgeously dressed. What then did we go out to see? What was it that we went out to see? God have mercy. What did we go out to see? Hello? <laughs> he said, you went out to see a prophet, and more than a prophet. Why is John more than a prophet? John is more than a prophet because he is the last one who introduces Christ Jesus to the scene. Every other prophet spoke about Christ coming, 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 coming. But John was the one 
who actually introduced him to the scene and also baptized Jesus Christ. John was not clothed in soft clothes. That's nice clothing. That means John wasn't a rich man. And anyway, none of the prophets were, were rich. They were all poor like poor people. Sorry about that, but that was what it was mainly. But today we have rich prophets. God is merciful. Right, okay, anyway, anyway. Yes, there are different kinds of prophets, so don't get anybody wrong. Praise God. There are billionaire prophets, yes. Because God is doing a new thing, amen. <laughs> God is merciful. But the point is this. Who did you go out to see? He was a man who was resolute. He was a man of conviction. A man who was stern. Hard man. John Baptist was not someone who was manipulated by media. Or popular culture. Or by wars on the internet. Or what some government is saying. Or what someone else knows. Even the king couldn't buy him. You couldn't buy John. Why? With nice clothing, making a big mistake. You couldn't buy John. Hello? You could not buy John. Why couldn't you buy John? You couldn't buy John because what you offered him, he doesn't, he doesn't want it. Oh, John will give you lunch. No. Wrong. Come with me to Matthew chapter 3, please. I'll make this point and then we will come full circle. In John 3, the verses 4. Verses 4. Sorry, Matthew. Matthew 3, sorry. Matthew 3, verses 4, please. And the same John had his raiment of camel's hair and a leather a leather, a leathern, sorry, and a leathern girdle about his loins. He was wearing camel's hair. And his belt was some leathern girdle, some leather. You're going to buy him a suit? Wrong clothing. He doesn't want it. No, he, lives, he lives in the wilderness. He doesn't need it. He doesn't live in your palace. He lives in the wilderness. So I don't need a, a suit to live in the wilderness. I need camel's hair. Tough and strong. John will get you lunch. Lunch. Watch this. And his meat, that means his food, was what? Locust and wild honey. Made the point. Gonna give me lunch and clothing. I don't need them. So, what I tell you, I tell you. So, John was hard, convicted strong, bold, and courageous. Such a man, would he be worrying that Christ didn't come to get him from prison? No. Couldn't care less. If he cared, he would not have told the king. Now, king, you are living in sin because you've taken your brother's wife to be your wife. 
It's wrong. He told the king. If you're wondering what John, what put John in prison, it was that. Because he told the king that it's wrong. And he, he made the whole world know, king is wrong to marry your brothers, to take your brother's wife forcefully and marry her. It's wrong. And you Herodias too, you are wrong. You are an evil woman to leave your husband to marry because the man is a, is a, is a king. That was why Herodias hated him. Because John pointed out the truth. So that's the kind of person John was. Hard. Self-discipline. You call John the ascetic type. He was in fasting a lot. He was praying, fasting, doing all kinds of things. Self-discipline. That was the kind of ministry that John had. Now, this is a challenge John had. That was John's challenge. That was why John asked Jesus Christ that question. Because his ministry was like that. Hard. Self-discipline. Not that Christ was in self-discipline. But he lived that kind of life in the wilderness. Eating wild honey and locusts. Wearing camel's hair. And had already said that the one coming after him will be about separation. Bringing holiness, righteousness and all that. But here comes Jesus healing the sick. What has that got to do with holiness? Raising dead. That was John's challenge. So he asked, are you the one to, to come? Because I was expecting someone who will be coming, making a separation between the ungodly and the godly. But since you came, all I'm hearing is about healing, deliverance, Casting devils out, freeing people, making people free, leaving people, you know, re restoring hope to people and all that. But the ministry should be about righteousness and ungodliness. But you are about restoring people's, adding value to people, healing them, restoring their mental capacity, you know, putting them back in back in society to be fruitful, to be, to be beneficial to society and all that. Are you the one to come? Do you now understand his question? Are you the one to come? So John had a spirit of God. Don't forget, Bible said that John the Baptist had the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb. Some of us, we had the Holy Spirit when we were born again. He had it right from his mother's womb. But you see, his understanding of ministry was being used to assess whether Christ is the one to come or not. Whether he was a Messiah or not. So the question is, the way your ministry is like, are you using that to be the yardstick for every other ministry? That is the issue that Luke is bringing our attention to. That in the kingdom of God, there are different and varying ministries. So don't use your understanding, your style of ministry to assess every other ministry. 
But it's not like this. It has to be like that. It has to be sharp. It has to be this. But Jesus is not finished. Luke tells us when they come to Jesus, in the same hour they saw him healing infirmities, plagues, casting evil spirits out, and opening the eyes of the blind. Luke tells us that for a reason. Because they saw it happening. And then Christ says, now, go and tell John the blind see, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, death here, dead raised, the poor have the gospel preached unto them. What was Jesus saying to John? Come with me to Isaiah 35, verse 5. Isaiah 30, 35, verse 5. Isaiah 35, verse 5. Isaiah 35, verse 5. Isaiah 35, verse 5. Praise God. In Isaiah 35, verse 5, let's, we're going to read the verse 5 and the verse 6 together. Praise God. Praise God. It reads, Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the dead shall be unstopped then shall the lame man leap as an heart and the tongue of the dumb sing for in the wilderness shall waters break out and streams in the desert Isaiah was describing the period or the era of the Messiah of the coming one the one that John himself talked about. So according to the word of God, when the Messiah comes or when the servant of God comes on the earth, one of the, the characteristics will be blind seeing, deaf ears unstopped, lame walking, lepers cleansed, death being raised back to life, the poor having the gospel preached unto them. You will have these things happening. So when Christ said, go and tell John, the blind see, the lame walk, lepers cast, death, he, death is unstopped, death raised back to life, the poor having the gospel preached unto them. You're saying the, the era of the Messiah has come. If I am not he, so that was his answer. So you see, he didn't say, I am or I am not. He gave them those signs because he has been a job to know Isaiah 35, 5 and 6 already. You're a prophet, so you should know. So Christ was saying, John, don't be challenged by what I'm doing. Don't be, you know, constantly challenge or have challenges with, with the way I am ministering. Assess my ministry based upon what God has said. That's not all. That's not all. Come with me to the look again. Come with me to look, look, look again. 
In verse 26, as Christ was asking the questions about John, there was something he said. He said, but what went ye out to see? Verse 26. Look, look 7 verse 26. But what went ye out for to see? A prophet? Yes, more than a prophet. This, then, he, then Christ says, this is he of whom it is written. Hallelujah. Someone says written. Oh, come on, shout it. Written. Oh, shout written. This is he of whom it is written. Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before you. Hallelujah. So John himself, his ministry is based upon what God has said. That's the reason why John introduced Christ. He said, behold, the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God. And he introduced Christ to the whole world. That was John's ministry. How John went about the ministry, being austere, being hard, it was just part of his makeup. John too was called of God. John's ministry was also a kingdom ministry. Why? Because it was based upon the word of God. So what is Luke, Luke telling us? Luke is telling us this, that hey, ministries in the kingdom of God are based upon the word of God. They are born and birthed by God's word. Ministries don't come about by people's predilections, people's cultural background, people's historical backgrounds. As for us, our family is like this. Our business is like that. That's why our ministry is like that. No, it must be what God has said. So if we're going to assess any ministry, we are to assess based upon what God has said. Is this ministry fulfilling God's word? Is this ministry of service bringing glory to God? Is this ministry lifting, adding value to lives as God has said? Is this ministry doing things the way that God brings glory and honor to God? Is this ministry pointing to mankind or is, is pointing to God? That is how you have to assess ministry. Don't assess a person's ministry based upon his height, upon his color, upon his age, upon his gender. No, it can't be of God because she's a woman. When did God use people because of gender? God uses people because of his spirit. God put his spirit in, in, in people. Ministry is based upon having received the spirit of God. It's by God's spirit we minister. Not by age. Um, I'm older than him so I can't go to his church. When did ministry be based upon age? Christ, how old was he? When he was ministering to, to Nicodemus, who was, was an old man. So let's not base ministry upon age, cultural settings and backgrounds, predilections. Well, this is the way I feel that, you know, if you're going to serve, if you, if, 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 if you're going to serve God, it has to be based, I, I feel, when did God, hey, watch this. Ministry, the services we provide in God's kingdom 
is God's own operation. It's God's own service to the people he has made. But he's only doing it through you and me by his spirit. So ministry in God's kingdom is just God's own operation. Only that he's doing it through you by his spirit. And God always does it by his word. Why? Because God is committed to his word. Hello? God is committed to his word. He will never back off from his word. So in ministry, in serving people, God does not do it outside of his word. He's bound by his word to operate by his word. So if we are going to assess any ministry in God's kingdom and to be blessed by, if we're going to be blessed by ministries in God's kingdom, we've got to assess them based upon whether those ministries are being inspired and operating from the word of God. Because God is committed to his word and operates by his word. Yes, we have to be concerned that there are fakes around. And that's the reason why God gives us how ministries function and operate in his kingdom. That we judge ourselves ministries by the word of God. Are they inspired by God? The ministry you say you have, is it inspired by God? God talking to you and are you doing it based upon what God's word teaches or are you just doing it based upon what you feel or what pop culture says what the mass media are saying is your ministry coming from that or is it coming from God's word how you serve people is it based upon what God has said these are questions we need to answer. Hello. Praise God. So that we don't go about just putting our head under anything, under, under everything and, any, and anything. Ask yourself, well, when I go there, I feel good. Does it bring glory to God? Is it honoring God's word? Was John pointing you? Was John pointing you to God? And was Jesus Himself pointing you to God? They said, "Well, John came. He was eating. Sorry, sorry. John came. He wasn't. He was. He wasn't eating. I'll, I'll get to that in a in a minute. John came. He was not eating. Jesus Christ came and he's eating. That's also another issue. So there are those." Who wants to make sure that what you are doing, you are doing it in the way they would have done it? It's not your likes that we're talking about here, but whether what you are bringing out is based upon God's word. You are ministering from that point of view. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are we clear on this? Hello? That what I'm receiving 
This ministry is a good ministry. Why? Because it is pointing me to God. Not to myself or something else. And what I'm doing, am I pointing people to God or to myself? That's the question. And am I trying to force you to, to function just like I function? No. Now let's continue. Let's quickly, let's be quick. Let's finish this quickly. quickly. And then Jesus Christ says the, in the verse 31. I'm jumping 30 and 29 and 30 for sake of my time. 31. And the Lord said, okay, let me, let me just read it. And all, 29, and all the people that heard him and the publicans justified God being, justif- being baptized with John's baptism. The publicans, the people that the Pharisees said were no good, they accepted John's baptism and went to be baptized by John. So when Jesus Christ talked about John, he said, hallelujah, praise God. Verse 30, but the Pharisees and lawyers rejected the counsel of God against themselves, being not baptized by John. They could not accept John. Why? Because John didn't fit their pharisaical lifestyle. Wilderness, honey and locusts, speaking wild and loud. Now, some people are offended because if you're a preacher like me, you preach and you, out of your passion, your voice comes out strong. You say, oh, you are shouting too much. I can't listen to such a preacher. They want someone who will be talking like, and the Bible says, if we turn to John chapter 3. No, I'm not laughing. I'm not making book of anyone. I'm just making, giving an example. If we look at John chapter 5, he says that, and Jesus walked on the shore, and he healed the sick, and, you know, hey! Same spirit, different operations. In verse, come with me, please. In verse 31, Jesus Christ says, And the Lord said, Whereunto shall I liken the men of this generation? The word men here is the word anthropos, meaning people. So it's not man or woman, it's people in general, anthropos. And says, Where shall I? Lacking the people of, of this generation, and to what are they like? Verse 32 They are like unto children, they are like unto children sitting in the marketplace and calling one to another and saying, Ye have not danced. Sorry, we have piped unto you, and you have not danced. We've mourned unto you, and you have not wept. For John Baptist came, neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and you say he has a devil. The son of man is come, eating and drinking, and you say, Behold, a glutonous man, and a wine-bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. So, what do you want? John King, living an ascetic lifestyle, you rejected him. I come, mixing up with the public, going around with the sinners and all that. John didn't do that. And still, he said, you are like children in the marketplace. So Jesus Christ says that it is childishness. When we assess ministry based upon our predilections, he shouts. He's too quiet. 
I don't like the way he sings when he bends it like that. I don't like it. So because of that, you reject ministry. He jokes a lot, so I don't like his ministry. Are you okay? You judge ministry based upon the word of God. Is it delivering God's word, God's truth? Is it pointing you to Christ? Someone said, someone said something like, well, you're not preaching the blood. Do you see blood in this passage? So I have to bring blood into every passage. Someone said to me, you're not preaching the cross. Do you see cross here? He's talking about ministries here. Nature of ministries. Hello. Hello. Jesus and John. Ministers of God. But they function differently. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 4 to 31. He says, There are diversities of ministries but the same spirit one spirit but everyone manifests in different shapes and forms so don't judge ministries based upon what you think or someone told you or what the internet is saying or what YouTube is saying to you judge ministry based upon the word of God Is it bringing you to Christ? Is it pointing you to God? Or is it delivering you to hell? Does it cause you to want to know God more? You see, so we have a, we have, we have a, a responsibility. Our responsibility is to know the scriptures. Because if you knew John 30, Isaiah 35 verse 5, when you saw Jesus Christ healing the blind, the lame, the lepers, the deaf, raising the dead and preaching the gospel of the kingdom to the poor, you would have known that this ministry is based upon God's word. But without that, you just see that Christ, Jesus Christ, doing something. But now we know that these are the marks of the Messiah. So we need, we have a responsibility to know the scriptures, to know God's word. And then finally, Jesus Christ said, in Luke 7, he says, Wisdom is justified of all her children. The wise people are seen by the end of their lifestyle. They walk in the blessings of God. The foolish and the one who assists what God gives them, the gifts that God gives them, they reject God's gift because he's a man of God and he used the word bloody. Because he's the word bloody, he's no longer a man of God. But Moses' Moses's wife told Moses, you are a bloody man. What about that? 
Hello. Let's not judge ourselves ministries by our own predilections. In our family, we don't say this word. So when you say it, There was a preacher who was sharing, and I think he said something. And then the old woman listened to this and said, Brother Pastor, I don't agree with what you're saying. And the pastor said, No, but this is what Jesus Christ himself said. Well, Jesus shouldn't have said that. I said, Whoops. That is, that is what it is. That's what people do. Their own predilections, what, they, what their family background is, what their cultural background is, what, what, what they like and don't like. They assess ministries based upon those things. But we have to assess ministry based upon the word of God. So Christ said, wisdom is justified of all her children. Wisdom here is personified. Those who are wise, the righteous, their end tells you that indeed they are wise people. They judge, they assess ministries based upon what God has said. They move on with God. They are not like, 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 like Nicodemus. He saw what Christ had something. So he came to him by night to learn from Jesus. He was not stuck in the old era. You see, God is forever giving out services, ministries, giving out, giving out, giving out, giving out, and you're one of them, bring it out. God is inspiring you by his word. God has put a seed of his word in you to bring something out. Don't sit on it. Say, what would people say? What would people say? What about what God will say? How would God how would you meet God when you meet him? I put in your, my word in you to do this. Did you do it? What? People, 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 people said I was short. What has shortness got to do with doing what I told you to do? People said I was female. What has gender got to do with what I told you to do? When I made man, male and female, to be my image, my representatives on the earth, to do things. Why are you still sitting down and not rising up to fulfill ministry that God has put in your heart? The truth is, this is by the way, until you fulfill ministry, until you fulfill the purpose that God put in your heart, Fulfillment, satisfaction will elude you. You will live a miserable life until you come to accept and say, God, I will follow what you put in my heart. The promptings in my heart that I can see you clearly. Anytime I read your word, I'm being pointed to the same thing. I will get up now and begin to do it. And begin to do it. And also, whatever you bring my way as ministry, I'm now I'm I'm no longer going to lift my nose and say, well, it doesn't fit my way, it doesn't fit our family background, our way of doing things is wrong. I'm going to stop all those things and I'm going to assess ministry by the word of the of the, of the living God.
Hallelujah. Praise God. God gives us ministries in a kingdom inspired by his word and based upon his word. And upon that alone are we to embrace ministry and not anything else. God bless you. Let's be on our feet. The word of God, I must say to you, is quick and active. The word of God is living. The word of God is not just a mere written text. The word of God is living. It's a living thing. When the word of God proceeds, when it comes out from the mouth of God, as Matthew puts it, when it comes out from the mouth of God, it is a living and active word, powerful, able to effect change and change things. It is not a dead letter. God's word is living. I am talking about the word that proceeds from the mouth of the living God. It is active, it is powerful. 